0: Stem Cells at Lunch Digested is brought to you by the Centre for Stem Cells and Regenerative Medicine at King's College, London. Hi everyone and welcome to Stem Cells Digested. We're very lucky today to be joined by Nora Fogarty, who is the newest member of the Centre for Stem Cells and Regenerative Medicine. Hi Nora, how are you today? Yeah, I'm good. Good despite everything. So we just heard your wonderful stem cells at lunch talk. Um, Would you like to tell us just a little bit about what you were talking about but like in terms that might be easily understood? So today I gave a talk on the project that I was working on
1: in my previous lab and in this project we are trying to come up with alternative ways to make trophoblast stem cells And we believe that trophoblast stem cells can be a really unique platform to study the placenta, to study um, how the placenta should be functioning normally, and then what happens in cases of complications of pregnancy, so when things go wrong.
0: Is that going to be what you're going to continue studying in your new lab? Not uh, completely. More broadly, I'm interested in
1: the trophectoderm. So the trophectoderm um, refers to the cells in the human embryo that will go on to make the placenta. I'm interested in really understanding the key genes proteins and signaling factors that are involved in this, in, in this cell type and how these interact to establish the cell type in the human embryo and then how they differentiate and become the placenta. So more broadly, I'm interested in trophectoderm in the human embryo, but the results of this project that I'm wrapping up um, from my postdoc lab will inform my work going forward.
0: So you mentioned working with human embryos. Could you expand on that? That's a really interesting topic. Yes, I also
1: do work on human embryos. Um, The embryos that I use in my research are donated to my research program from patients who've undergone IVF and at the end of their treatment they may have embryos that they no longer require for their family planning and at this stage patients have the option of of donating to research and they're giving they're given Um, an introduction into the research and how their embryos may help further our understanding of human embryo development. And we're really grateful for every embryo that's, that's donated to our research because we really do get a lot of unique information from these embryos. And in the UK, human embryo research is is regulated by legislation. So we have the Human Fertilisation and Embryology Act, and this sets out really clearly in the law what you are allowed to do and what you aren't allowed to do. So it's a really rigorous legal framework. And also there's a regulatory body that performs um, regular inspections to make sure that we're adhering to the law. So the UK, it's a re- I think it's a really good place to do human embryo research because it's it's really clear cut. You know what you can do. You know what you can't do. And I think for that reason, patients are quite willing to donate their their embryos to our research. And also because um, IVF was initially developed in the UK, there is a really rich history of human embryo research in the UK. And I think that patients feel um, that that they can contribute to this going forward. So as I say, we are really lucky that we get a lot of embryos donated
0: to our research. And we're really grateful for all the patients that do donate to us. So something that you've said is quite important is that a lot of your research, potentially all of your research is in humans, even though studying this tissue is actually very difficult. Like, what has it been like for you? working in humans when most of this kind of research previously had occurred in animal models? And would you care to comment on those?
1: Yeah, so in my uh, PhD, I studied human placenta biology in my PhD. And as you said, it's quite difficult to study this, um, to study the placenta. Um, The main sources of the tissue that I used before in my PhD were um, we I used um, an, an old collection of placenta samples that had been dissected from placentas from uh, the 1970s. So basically, these are placentas that were delivered in the 1970s And they dissected them and preserved them um, so that they could be then um, sliced into sections for people to study. Um, And and the the method of preservation keeps all of the proteins and the structure intact. So that was one uh, source of the tissue. Another source of the tissue was um uh, we had a technician in the lab who would go to the local maternity hospital uh, on the days when they had um, elective cesarean sections and she would literally go there with a, a cool box and would wait until the, the the baby had been delivered and the placenta was delivered and um, because it's quite a sensitive tissue she would have to Dissect it really quickly, get it in on ice, and get it back to the lab quickly, so that we could do the next step of the the tissue processing. So it is a tricky cell type to get your hands on, and importantly, a lot of the complications of pregnancy, um, for example, like miscarriage, of if it's an early miscarriage, you you don't get access to those those tissues. Um, so that's why we are trying to come up with these alternative models that we can use to study the placenta. Obviously, at the when the, the placenta is delivered, um, when the baby is delivered, quite often you've missed the crucial time window that you should be really trying to focus on to see what has gone wrong um, so that we can begin to
0: understand uh, these complications. That was a terrific answer. Yeah. Um... So, would you isn't it also quite important to study this in human because the mode of implantation and trafectoderm is very different in animal models, correct? So that's why it's so important to actually study this in a human system?
1: Yeah, the placenta is is really interesting when you look at it in terms of um evolution and uh, all of the different types of placentas. Almost every species has its own unique shape and structure of placenta. So, for example, um, I think in, in, in cats you get, um, it's almost like a, a polka-dotted kind of placenta. In other animals, it's like a band of placenta. In the human, it's, it's like a disc. Um, it really takes on so many different structures like at the kind of the highest scale that you look at it and then when you go in on the molecular level we can see again that there's a lot of a lot of differences between the species so it is really important um, to study the placenta in its own right another aspect of my work that i'll be carrying on um, in the center is that i'll be also studying the, the the human embryo and we know from work comparing Mouse embryos, cow embryos, pig embryos—that are there—are a lot of differences. So it's really crucial that we look at the human embryo in its own context.
0: It's very apparent from the knowledgeable and passionate way you're answering these questions that you're a huge expert. How did you get into this research? Like how? Like what drives you? How have you ended up here? So my my um, undergrad degree was
1: in molecular medicine in Trinity College in Dublin, and. A lot of the modules were focusing on drug discovery um, to target like obesity, diabetes, um, cancer, and um and we had a few modules on developmental biology and, you know, very briefly the placenta is, is, was, was mentioned. And I began to read into the placenta a bit more, um, primarily because I, I really like babies and I, I wanted to understand more about the placenta. But as I began to do my own reading into the placenta, it became more and more apparent to me that a lot of the diseases that we were being taught about actually can have their origins in the placenta. So um, in recent years, it's been shown that the way the placenta um, transfers nutrients and um, signals from the maternal environment to the fetus as it's developing can um, predispose the baby or increase the risk of the baby developing these diseases in their adulthood. So for example, if you have a placenta that is functioning Um, incorrectly for whatever reason. And the result is that the baby either is born too big or too small in terms of its birth weight. Um, It's been shown that these babies um, as they grow up have an increased risk of developing obesity, cardiovascular disease and diabetes. So for me, I was kind of thinking, okay, we're spending all of this time and all of this money um, trying to find drugs to target or to treat these diseases in adults. But if we can study the placenta and understand the placenta so that as many babies are born healthy, well, surely that kind of Treats the disease before it even is manifested, and then that
0: was what ten years ago, and uh, here I am now. I mean, that is tremendously convincing to me. I think we should all just do our research now. <laughs> um, so, just on the final note, because we're about at time, how horrible has it been for you that this pandemic has hit right when you've started your lab? Have you still been able to recruit new members? Are you are you holding up okay? Is this all right? It's been a strange time beginning my lab uh,
1: during lockdown. Um, I haven't been able to meet my new colleagues at the centre. I haven't found my desk. I don't know where my lab space is or anything like that. But I've been using the time to... Read more broadly around my subject um, to think up new directions that I might take my research in the future. Um, I'm currently applying for more grants, so longer term grants that will enable me to hire more more people to to join my lab. Um, and I kind of I'm trying to convince myself that it's a good time for the lockdown to occurred now. I, um, when you're a postdoc, you're you're really busy every day like you come in you're doing your experiments you have a long to-do list and sometimes you need to take a step back and kind of make sure and reassess that your your research is going in the direction that you wanted to go in and also I'm trying to think strategically where do I want to be in five years time where do I want to be in 10 years time and to think practically about what kind of things I need to to take on to ensure i get to those to those to those goals so are there any additional training courses i want to do or um things
0: like that so i'm trying to be positive and um be productive as well i mean that sounds extremely positive i think using the time to reflect and strategize i know i do a lot of experiments first ask questions later and then really kick myself so i'm i'm also trying to see this as a net positive for me right now but yeah any anyway I think that's all of our time thank you so much it was really fun to talk to you